Well, uh, to everyone joining in in the live, uh, yes, Alternative 80s needs to happen. Uh, if you'll notice, uh, I'm on the podcast account. I'm wearing the hat. Uh, Bell and the Birdman, if you're an Eagles fan, congratulations. We won today. It was fun. Uh, now we are uh, here. Uh, we'll talk about a lot, of, a lot of different things on Sunday, uh, but uh, we have something great lined up for us uh, tonight. I think this is a, there's a lot of great questions going on with it, too. Uh, diving back into narcissism, uh, obviously itself, and um, going into a, a lot of different parameters with uh, how that looks like with marriage, how that looks like with uh, with mothers and mother-in-laws, uh, pretty much just the the whole gamut of uh, trying to understand what uh, this narcissism is in our lives. And there's uh, plenty of different episodes which we've covered here, so we're going to get a little more acute on that. But before we start, before we start, Doctor Z. And some important things she needs to tell you in terms of workshops, in terms of updates. Dr. Z, what do we have for us? I do. Okay. So everybody, if you haven't already, tonight is the last night you can register. I have a workshop tomorrow. The link is in my bio on my Instagram page, or you can go to my website, drjamiezuckerman.com and click on workshops. It is at eight o'clock tomorrow night and it's on kind of the stages of, I should say, the cycle of abuse and kind of the landscape and the blueprint of a narcissistic relationship, some strategies, um, some boundary setting, and some ideas on how to manage that. So that's tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Like I said, tonight's the last night to register. Um, if you can't make the live, doesn't matter. Register anyway. You can get the recording sent to you. Um, I'll send you a link so you don't have to actually be there. Um, but everybody should, if you're on this one, you probably will really benefit from that one. Um, so I highly recommend it. Uh, it definitely do that. And in two weeks, two weeks, not this week, not next week. But we're week, punting. We're going to punt. Yes, we are. Uh, I want to make sure I have enough energy for you on Sunday nights because I just went <laughs> like NFL Sunday and whoo. Yeah. It's a long day. But so. isn't there Monday night football too? That's okay. Monday night football is not as, not as important unless it's the Eagles versus the Cowboys, okay. whatever. But uh, we uh, we will will be uh, for back to back Sundays, and then we're going to move to Monday nights altogether because just think we think that's kind of easier for our schedules and for you and all of that. So uh, please, if you're in the IG, throw your questions at us. Uh, we we would love that. Um, and one of the things that I did want to start with, and this is probably. Uh, something that even Dr. Z said we'll get into a uh, larger a larger discussion, especially when it comes to the parents and things like that. But you know, uh, one of our questions was, how do you deal with an aged narcissist mother who has been gaslighting and abusing uh, emotionally on on a whim? You know, and that's kind of hard to tackle. So um, I, I don't know where you would want to start with that in particular, but if it's somebody that's not necessarily business relationship, romantic relationship, and somebody in your family. Um, wh where should you start there? So um, when it comes to mother-in-laws and kind of the relationship and that dynamic, it's very, very tricky. It is for a much longer in-depth coverage discussion. Um, <laughs> we, so um, it's definitely a topic that when we do something on narcissism again, um, we can definitely focus specifically on the narcissistic mother-in-law um, and how that affects the marriage, how that affects each individual, how it affects the children, um, because that's a whole, that's a, that's a whole thing. Um, so 
yeah, so stay tuned for that. And we will definitely make sure that we tackle that because I got Perfect. numerous questions on that. Yeah, and I'll have probably some follow-ups on, on that as well. <laughs> uh, but and not, not to say with my own mother. Sorry, Mom, if you're watching, I, you are not narcissistic, and I know that. Uh, but I'll go. Uh, there's a couple of others in there, too, that I thought were really interesting. And here's one that drives me crazy in particular. How does a narcissist go with someone or is with someone for years, years upon years upon years, breaks up with you or puts you back on the shelf, as you like to say? Oh, and, yes. Uh all of a sudden, in months, the next person they date, they've married them. So, mm -hmm. so how does that happen? Like, where does mm -hmm. that process even fit into a narcissist's schedule? Yeah, so there's a lot of different reasons why that could happen. But for people that are listening saying, like, that's effing crazy, for a <laughs> narcissist, it's super, super common. Um, wow. So the one thing I will say before I get into why it happens is for those of you who are listening, who are on here, if that has happened to you, where you're with somebody and you are suffering greatly, and then the relationship is over, and then you see them posting all over social media, the new person that they're with, they're in love, they're buying presents for each other. Next thing you know, there's a huge rock on her finger, and, or, or you know, he, someone proposes to the woman who's a narcissist, I don't want to just say it's men, um, and you're sitting there in... I mean, anger is probably an understatement that you just suffered in this relationship for so long and now he's married within three months, six months. For those of you that are going through that or have gone through that, let me just tell you that it has, and I don't mean in the cliche way, it has nothing to do with you. It literally has nothing to do with you. You were a temporary object. The person they're with now is a temporary object. They don't love them more. They don't like them more. There is no anything towards them. And so I'm, I just want to make sure that people understand that because it's a question I get a lot. How could they go to somebody else? Um, and so let me kind of explain why, but I just wanted to put that out there for people that have gone through this. The best thing, even though it hurts, and it should hurt because you're human, the reason why I'm going to say this, even though I know it hurts, is because it's the honest to God truth. The best thing that could have happened to you isn't that they left you. It's that they found somebody else. <laughs> Honest to God, because now they don't need you anymore to New have toy. their needs met. Yeah. New toy. The only time they may come back is if they get bored with the new supply, which we'll talk about, mm. or they see you out. We talked about Target. They see you out at Target and you know, they're like, oh, yeah, okay, let me see if I still have access to them. Yeah. Not because they want you back, they may not even really care about doing anything. They just want to see if they have access to your emotions. So um, I know it's hard to wrap your brain around, but that's because you are human. And this should not make sense to you. So let me explain a couple reasons why this happens. If the victim of narcissism is the one to leave, yeah. and I always say this, hats off to them because they are the strongest. I mostly see females. So I'm going to say females, even though I know it's not just females or I know it's not just males that are narcissists, but honestly, they are the strongest women I have ever met. You don't mess with somebody who has left a narcissistic relationship. Cause let me tell you something. Um, they, they, they will, they'll always come out on top. They are the strongest human beings I have ever met. So if you have somebody that left a narcissistic. Just for reference, one is on my couch. So like, I'm gonna, 
thousand percent true. Yeah. Just so. Yeah. You- yeah. Um, and and so if the nar- if the victim is the one that leaves, you have to remember you did the worst possible thing you could possibly do to a narcissist. You left them because at the core of it, they are petrified of abandonment. They are petrified of being neglected. They don't even realize that, but, 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 but that's kind of at the core. So you crushed their ego, right? You went for the jugular. Now, not, um, I don't mean like you're going to, I'm going to mess with them. So let me leave them. You leaving, you have no control over how that affects them, but you are 100% not responsible and they will do everything they possibly can now to redeem themselves and to make the relationship in the public okay. Mm. Because you're going to leave and people are going to ask why. And so to make themselves look better in society, they need to look like they're in a stable relationship and a stable relationship fast so that they can then love bomb their new partner. So the people around them can look at them and say, but he's such a nice guy. Look what he's doing. Look how he's treating this person. Like you must be the crazy one. Right. Or because remember, nobody knows what went on behind closed doors. All they saw was this really amazing guy that you just left. And now this amazing guy that you left is with this other woman and you're, he's treating her like gold. So that's one reason why they do that because their ego has been crushed and they, that cannot happen. So they don't even identify with it. They just go find new supply to be able to, and I'll talk about supply in a second, to be able to kind of just reset um, because leaving the narcissist is, is rejection, period. And, that, and I always tell my patients that the hardest part, I know going through court with kids in custody is an absolute nightmare. From a psychological kind of core self-concept point of view, the hardest part is over. You left them. And that's one reason why they do what they do. The other is, in general, society looks at people that are married with children as more stable. Okay? (laughs) We know that it's not true. Yeah. It's never been true. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I say this all the time, like, I don't know how somebody's mother, three of them. So we know, <laughs> we know that just because people are married with children does not mean they are stable. Um, they made a show about it called Married with Children. And correct. Oh, good, good reference. Yeah. Good reference. Yeah. It was a good reference. Yeah. Um, of, a, of a movie. I'm, I'm on. I'm your guy. Yeah. No, that was a good, that was a good one. Um, so... <laughs> So anyway, so yeah, so, so society makes people, society looks at married people with kids as stable and it makes them look secure and it makes them look well off. So one of the reasons why they get married is again, they're worried their reputation is going to, you know, hit the fan, just shit's going to hit the fan. So if they position themselves in that way, it just makes their appearance in the community at church at school drop-off, at, you know, all the community meetings, at work. It just makes them look better. Mm-hmm. The other thing is money. And people don't think about this. But one of the other... Now, you have to remember, when a narcissist does anything, it is never about the other person. It's 100% always about them. So if they put a ring on somebody else's finger two weeks later, 
there's a reason why. And it's not because love. It's not because they like them. It's not because they'll fall in love with them. It's not because they like them more than you. There's literally a motive behind them doing what they're doing. And it has nothing to do with the other person. It's about something that they're going to get. So oftentimes they may get into a relationship very fast if this person has money or this person is very giving with their money. They're very, you know, empathetic. We talk about empaths and that'll be another session another time, but, um, you know, kind of narcissistic enablers and things like that. So they take their money and you'll find that they kind of weasel their way in very early on into managing their assets somehow, right? Mm -hmm. Take over car payments. Oh no, honey, I will pay for the car. Don't worry. Just put it on my card, you know, or, you know, don't worry. use my credit card. You shouldn't have to pay for anything. You know what? You shouldn't even be working. You know what? You stay home. And you know, it, it there's so many variations on that and it's all financial abuse, but a lot of times they get into it initially because of the money. Um, it's the first financial abuse, by the way. What'd you so think? that's a, it's the first time I've heard financial abuse. Oh, financial yeah. abuse. It's not talked yeah. about, but financial abuse is one of the biggest reasons why women stay because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, I, I have, I don't, don't want to talk about patients. It's too specific, but, but people, um, People, let's say they, they have a really high degree and they weren't allowed to work. So you have somebody that stayed at home for 20, 30 years raising their children and they have zero income. They have zero earning potential. Mm. They have absolutely, the, the narcissist has, has, ta has taken that. So, and if somebody says, yeah, but well, they shouldn't let them, then you, you don't understand how narcissism works. And I recommend that you attend my workshop tomorrow night at 8 p.m. And you can register on my website. Anyway. What a so, Thank you. Was that good? That was good, right? <laughs> you too can be taught by John. <laughs> at lastmedia.com. <laughs> there you go. Lastmedia.com. Lastmedia.com. Yes. So, um, yeah. So, so that's what happens. And, um, they, they then create a reason why the person has to stay in the relationship. Where the hell are they going to go? They have no earning potential. They have no income. They're now cut off from their family members for the most part. The narcissist already blew through the life savings, you know, spending it on other women, um, snorting it up their nose or gambling it away or making bad investments. Um, so they're stuck financially stuck. Right. That is a very, very big form of control from a narcissist. So out of curiosity, like at what point is it always calculated that way or does yes. it become calculated? No, it's always calculated. It is always, always calculated. Um, you know, it's not like they have this like 10 year day by day plan, but when they, when they pick because you're picked, mm -hmm. that's the other thing. You're not, you're not, um, they don't get to know you because they don't give a shit. They don't care to figure out what your interests are because they don't give a shit. Yes. They, they select you. And, and some people say, you know, well, it makes them special. It makes them feel special. Somebody who has that dependent empathetic style may feel that way. And that's why they pick them. They, they make them feel special. I chose you. Um, so they're picked and they're picked and selected for a very specific reason. Either they're going to be an easy form of supply. They're easy to manipulate. Um, they are very empathetic and very forgiving to a fault. They have a ton of money. Um, you know, 
they also, and people don't necessarily think of this, but they also may be very big and powerful in their own community, or they may have some sort of higher status. And the reason for this is because the narcissist looks at that as something that they're going to get from the relationship too. Oh, they yeah. have all these networking events and they're like the, you know, the head of blah, blah, blah company. Nice. I get to go along for the ride. Exactly. So there's a lot of reasons why they may just go on to someone else. Now, when it seems like they're doing it really quickly, and I preface this by saying, I, I, I know how, I know that this hurts. I'm not saying this in a way that's like, oh. you know, without any empathy at all, <clears throat> but I I'm guarantee... Ready. I guarantee you, they were seeing them before you even broke up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, they yeah, aren't, yeah, yeah. And they aren't the only ones. So while it may look like this quick changeover, right? You like changeover, right? Well, it may look like this. I'm still in, I'm still in, I'm still in US open mode. Well, it may look like this quick changeover. <laughs> we got puns. Um, changeovers. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, but I didn't know what puns. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't, they didn't have, no one had to know. No one had no to one, know. No one had to know. Um, <laughs> I don't know a damn thing about football. I can talk about tennis all day long. I don't know a damn thing about football. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what I was saying. Well, it was, you, you were, you were just kind of gathering up where like, it's, it's a calculated thing, no matter what. Yeah. So, no matter. Yeah. So yeah, that's they, what I was they were already yeah. with them and they were right. with a million other people too you weren't the only one and the mm -hmm. new person that they're with it's just like that for now and people say like oh my god well what if he really loves her what if she really loves him they don't they aren't capable of it it's not like they're going to meet someone and fall madly in love because they have something better to offer than the other person they're not right. viewed as human beings they're viewed as pawns literally mm -hmm. and changed when they're needed to so um well, you know, that's it, a, it, it, it's a it's a great segue because, like, in terms of pawnage, what's the reversal of that? Do we had a pawnage a word? Is pawnage a word? It is now. If it's not, I, uh, pawnage. I, uh, let's let's go to Webster's immediately and and <laughs> and say that pawnage or yeah, ownage. What what did we say? Ownage, pawnage, pawnage. Oh, oh yeah, whatever whatever Doctor Z said should be a word, and it's uh, a good one. It's a good one. It's a very good one. Uh, is there, like, if, if they've left you for somebody else, they've been contacting you for a year while they're with that other person. Absolutely. Yep. That the same thing is just reversed, right? Like they're so, well, it's a little bit different because they already know the type of supply that you give them. Right. So you're also not the only ex that they're talking to. So when they, they'll say, well, they've been with somebody new, but they're still talking to me every day or texting me every day. Not because right. they, let's take a step back for a second. Let's say that it's not a narcissist and mm -hmm. you break up with someone, they go to a new person and they're with them. And let's say, yeah, they fall in love with them. And then six months later, they start texting you again. That looks very different because now it's like, <laughs> you kind of scummy. Like, why are you doing, you know, it's like, it has a different view, but for some reason with narcissists, because the other person is so sucked into this, this almost like brainwashed pattern, that realization of like, all right, hold on, let, 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 hold on. He cheated on me. He's with her. He's calling me like to go away. Goodbye. Yeah, and please. some people yeah. get to that point. But for some reason, when, when the ex is still in that narcissistic cycle of abuse, 
they don't see it clearly. They look at it as they still love me, you know, and well, if they did, they'd be with you. They wouldn't go through all this trouble to not be with you and to get caught. And so um, they're not reaching out to you because they want you. They're reaching out to you because they need whatever supply you give them. Maybe you're the one who is super insecure and they love to pick your performance apart, like at work or something. Let's say you work with them and they love doing that to you because they know it upsets you. The fact that they can upset you is supply. That's the supply you offer them. So maybe they had a bad day at work. Maybe somebody bruised their ego and they need to make somebody feel like shit. That's when they're going to text you when they need something. Maybe you're the one that like they had the craziest sex with ever. That's the supply you give them. They're only going to contact you when they want sex. Let's say that um, you're the smartest one, right? Let's say that you are the smart one and you offer really good advice and they call you because they need really good financial advice. So you're going to give them that advice. So it's what they can get from you. That's the motive behind why they're calling you. It has nothing to do with you, your feelings. They don't care. They don't care about you. They just need their needs met. Yeah. And there's a, and I hate to, I mean, cause I just referenced it this week and I've been thinking about it like ever since Have you watched Ted Lasso at all, mm -mm, but I know I need to. Yeah, there's a there's a great scene in there where like you know he's playing the dark with his adversary. So you and cut out. Say that you cut out. Say that. He go, he's in a bar with one of his adversaries uh -huh. and is challenging to a game of darts. And he goes into this whole spiel about uh, Walt Whitman and being curious. And mm -hmm. if some just curious, they would understand X, Y, and Z. And curiosity. You keep with cutting out like every other um, word. I'm so sorry. Is this is this okay. better? Word? Is it is it the internet? Should I move? Now you're mute. Now you're, yeah. Okay. Hi. Yeah. We're dancing. We're dancing <laughs> the dork den, Kim. Uh, well, this is a little better. Sorry, it might have just been a little uh, little internet. That's okay. Yeah, no, I can hear you. Uh, but I don't think it, it just reminds me of narcissism every time I hear that because narcissists are not curious. You know, they're they're not going to explore anything behind you on the surface. Like everything's just going to be kept in front of you. So one of the things that I think you can fight that is to be curious and to keep asking those questions with everything that Dr. Z has pretty much said here too. It's just like, where, where asking when it, anything from the financial abuse to whatever well, it is. Once, to, they're, once, once they're in it, they're not yeah. going to ask those questions. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you to be curious in those things. Why are they telling you those things? You know, like, I think right, it's... Right, 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 yeah. important to, to question, maybe questioning is a, as a, as a non-narcissistic person, I guess, like, how yeah. do you, Grant, we've been through, you got to think three or four steps ahead. Yes. You know, time if you're trying to get out yes. or if you're trying to build truth or whatever it is. So yeah. is there, I know we say this because you say you're in the moment, but forgetting the fact that if you, you don't know if you're with a narcissist or not, isn't it just better to be curious and keep asking questions rather than seeing a Ab satisfying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. However, keep in mind though, that people that stay with narcissists that don't see the red flags in the beginning may not be willing to see the red flags later on either right they you know and so they may choose to turn a blind eye listen like here's a perfect example 
you have the person that somebody said they get out of the marriage, you know, or they get out of the relationship. I'm like, why are they getting married? Like, that's the last thing you would think a narcissist would want to be tied down. They, yeah. But again, I told you the reasons kind of why it looks good. It makes them have a constant source of supply to feed their ego. They present themselves as constantly single while their spouse, they own them. Um, mm -hmm. The spouse is married. They are not married. They don't present, you know, and so there's a lot of kind of, um, kind of one way thinking on this, but um, you know, if, if you are in a narcissistic relationship and there's those, let's say they come immediately out and you get married within three months. Yeah. If you know, that they were recently divorced like three months ago and mm. you know that they have two children. Okay. And there's claiming that the ex is crazy. Yeah. Okay. Like those are the things that would be the like, hello, like forget the crazy part. Take that off the table. Okay. The biggest thing is, is just a simple, you just got divorced and you have children. So where is that in the process of all of a sudden getting married again? That alone is problematic, right? And then you bring in all the other things. But here's mm -hmm. the problem. The narcissist is going to select somebody who is going to either not think that's a big deal or look at it as, well, they love me so much. It just, it happened so quickly. It's my soulmate and not see it. Or they see it, but they choose to turn a blind eye because they are buying them things. They are, you know, texting them, I love you, and sending them flowers every day and taking them to, you know, a short weekend getaways. So they're not going to say anything because they don't realize what's about to happen once, you know, they get married. No, <laughs> no. So start to escalate. So why on earth would somebody who's not aware of it say a damn thing? They wouldn't, yeah. right? No. No, Unless that, they know what's going on, which is why I we're here. Really hard to do that in a relationship in general. You know, yes. like we accept that because we feel as though we're going to lose the trust <laughs> of the other. We're in. <laughs> oh yeah, the, go ahead. Go, no, somebody said something to make Doctor Z laugh, but I, I, I my, 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 no, my best friend just chimed on here. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, it is, again, that really stupid Captain Kirk mentality that I have that I don't believe that there is a no-lose situation. Correct. Where, you know, like, and here's even, the other thing. Well, really, even if you feel... Yeah. Go. Oh, go ahead. No, no I'm I, just saying, I, even, <laughs> even if you feel you're in a healthy relationship, even if you feel it's like, hey, things are going great and the love bombing or whatever it is is, is happening, just start questioning everything. Correct. Sing Together, is, I just don't feel that we do that enough yes. in relationships. It leads to better places and it Agreed. gets stronger with the person you're supposed to yep. be and it deteriorates the person you're supposed to be away with. Yes. Please, as many questions as possible. Agree. And I think people that have gone through a relationship with a narcissist know that now for future relationships. They know what to look for. This is why therapy is important. Otherwise, they'll repeat the same patterns because they're familiar with the chaos. They're familiar with feeling like crap. They're familiar with the turbulence, the up and down, up and down, because that's, that's what they were used to. So stability is going to seem boring, seem scary. Um, yep. you know, but one of the things to remember too, that happens early on is that the financial abuse starts very early on, very, very early on. Meaning they will start to say like, like I said, like, well, here's, here's my credit card, go shopping. Yep. Right. Or, um, 
you know, something, something like, no, 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 I'll take care of the bills. Just, just put the, put your, put your cell phone in my name. I got it. I got it. And then no, the car lease. No, just put it, put it in my name. It's totally fine. Don't even worry about it. And then it gets to, you know what? Let, just, you hate your job. All right. Don't, don't even worry about it. I, I got you. I take care. Don't worry about it. We'll just move in. It's fine. You won't have to pay rent. And then it seems so great. Like, wow. Okay. I have all this stuff. And then before you know it, you now are financially dependent on them, which was strategy from day one. Um, or you do something, you work where they have, you know, like they can see what you're doing or you're there, you work for them or so something you can't get out of. You can no longer yeah. escape where they control your money. Um, and it, that's where it starts. The financial abuse is usually kind of there, but it's, it's, it's very calculated in a way that's, making you think they're doing it because they just adore you. Yeah. And they're really doing it to control you. <laughs> they're because doing it to set, not even that they're doing it to set it up so that you can't leave them right. because you have to remember like control. Yes, obviously. But, but they're so at the, at the end of the day in their core, they are scared to be left, which is why when you leave them, a lot of times they will go right into another relationship really quickly and get married or whatever, because that rejection fuels like rage and fuels mm -hmm. all their insecurities. So they have to get rid of that. So they go to somebody else. Um, but you know, it, yeah, that's, yeah. I could <laughs> go on for hours and hours about this, but yeah. Uh, Laura saying the same thing too. Yeah. Just move in and sell your car because you don't need to drive anywhere. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Six months down the road when all you want to do is get in a fucking car and oh that, yeah right that's what i was saying yeah they yeah, make exactly. it it's not it's not necessarily even about control it's about creating an environment where you have no independence and no way to get out which is why when people say well why didn't she just leave why didn't he just leave this is why they have zero resources left on purpose they have mm -hmm you know, limited contact with family or maybe friends because the friends can't stand the spouse. So, you know, or whatever, but they, they can't leave because they have children and no income. They have no mm -hmm. place to live. They, they have no car, they, no credit cards in their name. They could cut. And this is what happens. You're going to leave, takes them off the credit cards, take freezes the bank account so they can't access money. I mean, it's all done on purpose. Yeah. And I know it's hard to do especially if you have children, but like, what a great, if you're single, just do that. You gotta be okay with like not having that because yep. that's what, the only way you get get out of there. Like if it's- The if only, you, yeah. I would say the only saving grace with children sometimes, and this doesn't happen all the time, but they're not doing this because they're fighting for the kids. And this again is another topic just in terms of co-parenting. But when you divorce a narcissist and let's say they get, they get married again or they have a girlfriend really quickly, they introduce them to the children very early on. Mm -hmm. Not for the children's benefit. They don't give a fuck about the children's benefit. They don't care about parenting. In fact, narcissists are notorious for never doing a damn thing parenting-wise. They don't participate in parenting, period. They sleep a lot. They don't do anything. They don't contribute. It's, you know, it, that's just what it's like. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so, so what ends up happening is they bring this new person around the kids very early on. It upsets the children. 
it causes chaos in the home. And guess who's home? Not the narcissist, but the primary parent or the, or the, you know, I always like to say the available parent. And it causes an absolute just shit storm because they come back from dad. No. <laughs> well, just, right, right. It takes right. forever to realize like, oh yeah, well I introduced somebody new to the children, by the way, you know, would have right. been important no. from day one. Yeah. Correct. Because it has nothing to do with the kids. It has to do about having access to the kids' emotions. It has, to, like, messing. They want to be thought of all the time. So they know if they bring this person around. Yep. Chaos. Yes. Chaos. Lots. They know that if they bring this person around, it's going to cause chaos with the primary parent. And they want that because that means everybody in that, in that house is thinking about them and talking about them. So yep. even though they're not physically present, they know it's all being talked about, right? So they bring the person around early on. And what this does is two things. One, it gives the illusion that this is very serious because most normal human beings don't introduce their girlfriends or their boyfriends to their children in a week, two weeks, three weeks. They, it doesn't happen. So, and the parents of those children, if the, if the new supply has children and they bring the children in soon, I mean, that's problematic too for its yeah. own reasons. They're not a narcissist, but they're, but they're empaths and they're, they're dependent and they're falling for this. And it's very, it's that narcissist is going to do serious damage to those children. So yeah. anyway, so it does two things. One, it makes a relationship look very serious when it's not, it has nothing to do with that. And the other thing it does is it, it makes the, the new narcissist supply mm -hmm. feel like, oh, this person really must want me in for the long haul because they would never introduce me to their children, which outside of a narcissistic relationship is 100% true. <laughs> but with yeah. this, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I would, I'm curious on that too. Like, do they, do narcissists speak out? People in relationships? I feel People like that's a thing. In existing relationships? Like they're single, they see someone in a relationship, and they yes. to that person's relationship. So, so, so they do two things. One, they love to be viewed as saving people initially, so they tend to go towards, again, I'm just using men narcissists, male narcissists for now. I know that's not always the case. But yep. they, no, narcissists cannot be healed. So, no. Yeah. Um, and so what what happens is they will um oh i lost my train of thought god damn it why does this keep happening it's, it's a we uh <sighs> we just getting on do they do nurse related seek out yes thank you they want to save them so they tend to seek out a, a couple things women with children who don't have a man around who don't have a lot of money and really could benefit from having somebody who they can depend on. Yeah. Okay. Financially, you know, emotionally, mm -hmm. they want to save them. The other is they do oftentimes go for people that are already in relationships or married because of a few things. One, they don't have to commit. It's easier. Um, they can use the marriage as a threat against the person. If the person ever wants to leave them, they could say, well, I'm going to tell your spouse. 
um, they can tell everybody. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, they can save message. I mean, they, uh, it's, it, it, if you think that anything with a narcissist is sacred, it's, it's not. Um, so they do it for that reason. The other is they feel like they won. They took somebody away from a, they took someone away from a marriage, right? They took someone away from their spouse. Like what an accomplishment. And they, that is fuel for them, that's supply for them. And then once they get the person out of the marriage, then they discard them because they got them. And it's like game, it's game over. And it's not like the normal chase. It's literally, I want to feel powerful and know that I was able to take this person away from their spouse of 30 years. I must be that good, right? Or I must be that special. And then once they have them, it's boring, you know? And so... The other thing, too, is they don't have to pay a lot of attention to a married person. They can't go out in public. They can't go to dinners. Right. They can't go to movies. They can't go on vacations. So they're meeting, you know, like they're meeting in like restaurants three hours away or they're, you know, so it's, it's just, it's a different type of relationship and it's easier for a narcissist. They don't have to put as much effort into it because the other person's not going to complain because there is, they can't, there's, right. you can't. So. They're not there. They, themselves already yeah exactly well uh, when, and here's the other thing so let's just say for example that this happens narcissist takes somebody from the marriage and the non-narcissistic partner falls in love with them during the love bombing stage okay and realizes like no like this relationship is this is this is what i've been missing in my marriage this is this is what i need um and they tell this person that they don't yet know as a narcissist and they've been together, let's say, for a year, I'm going to leave my husband or I'm going to leave my wife. Yeah. The narcissist only wants you because you're in a very specific role for them. Once you tell them you're leaving your spouse, it's over. Because mm -hmm. now, you, now the, 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 the kind of compartment they put you in doesn't work anymore. Now you're going to want them to not date anyone else. Now you're going to expect them to call you all the time, take you out to dinner, do all these things, go on vacations, act like a regular couple. That's not what they signed up for. And that's not what they want from you. So I see this often where a narcissist comes in. There's, you know, the person in the marriage is extremely unhappy, um, you know, and that happens. And then it's an absolute disaster, which I mean, I guess it has a good ending sometimes because they end up leaving their spouse anyway, and they weren't happy anyway. So it, kind of works out for them in the end and then they have to regroup but um the narcissist does that for a reason yeah and and wendy uh if this is one of your first discussions because they're asking if they know a narcissist is a narcissist um i they'll never accept it that they are even even if they are gonna vehemently you know go back and forth with you there's a couple of great introductory episodes in our podcast feed highly recommend those two to kind of get through all the uh, or you know understand better uh that, and my that workshop kind of tomorrow night <laughs> of course again <laughs> Can't hear APM, is that right 8 p.m tomorrow night register on my website workshop on narcissistic relationships and the cycle of abuse Beautiful. And the same with co-parenting as well. Um, I know there's a question. Oh, man, co-parenting. We, we talked about that a little bit in a couple of our past episodes as well. It's 3D chess, y'all. Sometimes it's 4D chess. Like, you got to think ahead. You got to keep thinking ahead of where you got to go 
to get around the narcissist and don't stop going through because that doesn't work. I've tried it a million times. It doesn't work. Dr. Z will yell at you if you try that. Red Flag Ricky will come out and yell at you if you even try to go through. So, yeah. Um, and speaking of that, what is... I, I, it, we had a great question because I've never seen this uh, uh, yet and this might be a great reference point if you're still unsure about like how narcissism works. Apparently, have you watched Dirty John? I have. Okay, so Dirty John, uh, the husband from season two, apparently. Yes, is a big Christian time. Slater. It's Christian Slater. Christian and like, Slater. oh, God, um, yes. Oh, it's so hard to watch him in this because I just love him. Pump up the volume is the reason I got into radio. So, boom, there you go. Or one of the, so one of the big reasons. Do your Googles, as Clifford Sykes would say, uh, to all the young folks and go watch that movie. It's great. Yeah. So good. Heather's, um, I mean, like... Yes, Heather's is another great Heather's. one. And more recently, Mr. Robot. We could go on forever. But this is not about Christian Slater. This is about This narcissist. is not about Christian Slater. And I don't know if Christian Slater's a Although narcissist or not. Probably. But. Let's, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she just got real in the dork then. Absolutely, Kim. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, I, apparently, Christian Slater in Dirty John season two, which is, is that on Netflix or something? It's on Netflix, yes. It's um, season two of Dirty John. It's on Netflix. But, but here's the thing. Uh, this first episode is also about uh, – they're all based on true stories. The first one also is very good in terms of depicting a narcissist that borders on sociopathic. Uh, like, they're, very, they, they're interwoven. If you look at the criteria for the diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder and um, sociopath, they're in the same cluster, cluster B. They overlap, but season one really focuses on how the narcissist, when very stressed or angered or rejected, can kind of go into that realm of, um, you know, harming people. So that is definitely a good one. It's, it's again, like I said, a little bit more, um, you know, antisocial personality, but yeah, um, yeah, Dirty John. So I, I was so Dirty was, John. Dirty oh, yeah, John. Just a, yeah. Just think John and think of a dirty version of that. And then boom, there you go. Ooh, we could get in a lot of weird places with that. Let's not do that. Uh, (laughs) But I'm going to go check that out just because, yeah, I want to see, I want to see it working in action. I think that's important. There was, um, there was a, and they did this on lifetime. I actually would recommend that people watch both versions of this. The first one came out, I don't know, in the 90s, it was on Lifetime. It was um, the, uh, what's, oh God, oh my God. It's with Meredith Baxter Bernie and it's the true story, oh. Family Ties, if you don't know Family Ties. Anyway, Meredith Baxter Bernie was the mom. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, she's in it and it tells the story um, from the, sta- and I find it really interesting. They did it this way. Lifetime's movie showed her as absolutely batshit crazy. bitter ex bitter ex-wife like crazy as the day is long like just did horrible things and tormented the husband ex-husband and tormented the children and tormented the the the, the, the ex-wife um i don't want to give away what happened at the end even though it's a true story you can just google it but i don't want to give away what happens but but that first that first series made her look absolutely insane Fast forward to now, Netflix does a remake of the does a remake of the true story, and what they do is they 
show her doing all the same quote crazy behaviors but what mm -hmm. they do this time is they show the husband's behavior from day one of them dating and show how the narcissistic personality disorder husband over time affects the psyche of the person that they're married to they're yeah. traumatized they're tormented and then they do these behaviors because these they drive them to like their head's gonna explode and they end up doing things out of anger because they're furious they they she this woman she she didn't practice i think she went to law school maybe she or med school didn't practice took care of him his whole life supported him in his medical career paid for everything for him took care of the kids and then he was horribly abusive he leaves for a younger woman which again is the case younger very attractive woman he makes it like she's crazy oh and what's Called again? I'm look, I'm trying to look it up. The second one. Yeah. I'm blanking, but it's the second. Just Netflix. Um, just right, Dirty John season two. Oh, all Dirty John. Oh, awesome. Okay, yeah. great. And, and Meredith Baxter being in there. Not, wait, you tell me, Meredith Baxter. And no, she was in the original. Christian Slater's in the new one. I have to watch this now. <laughs> yeah. No, Christian Slater would have been her son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, oh wow. Okay, got it. Okay, that all right. Okay. So I would recommend that you guys watch both of them. Find the Lifetime one somewhere. It's on demand somewhere because it's, it's really good and I'm sure people watch it all the time. But watch both of them because the, they leave out the husband's narcissism in the first one. And mm. of course she looks crazy. Oh, Betty Broderick, yeah. Um, Dirty Betty's the second. Yeah, nice. Yeah, thank okay. you. Um, so yeah, Betty Broderick's story is the Lifetime one. Um, but then, in the, like I said, the second one, you're looking at her and you're going, yeah, no shit she's doing this. I mean, yeah. And like you're sitting there going, like, I, I fully understand why mm -hmm. she lost her mind. Yes. And he portrays her behavior not as like trauma responses and just anger, but he portrays her as crazy. And he gets the courts, which do not back narcissistic victims at all, right. gets the right. courts to basically get custody taken away from her because she's crazy. I mean, it was, it's, it's horrible. Like I said, mm. compare the two and it's very, very interesting. It's very upsetting um, to, to watch, yeah. especially like knowing what I know and ugh. It's got like hits too close to home sometimes <laughs> when you're all saying this because I know there's, it's just, uh, it's, it's just it, a woman are, had no voice. She had no voice. It was like, horrible. Right, like what you were describing in a few, even just from before, not even the show itself, but like any of those circumstances where you're going through the uh, the uh, financial abuse to mm -hmm. the actual, you know, what whatever abuse happens in between there, verbal, et cetera, et cetera, then dealing with taking that PTSD thing and almost just making it an inherent in you for the next Correct. years of your life. Yes. Then, they drag you to a court system, and if you have a prenup or if you have anything before that, like, whew, and then there's that on top of it. It's That's just right. a nightmare for anybody to walk into a courtroom right. either. Because you have to understand, that, like a narcissist, they don't want their kids. They just don't want uh -huh. you to be happy. Like they right. just want, right? Like they don't want their kids. Trust me, they never parented in their life. They sure as hell don't want their kids now. Yeah. Um, they just don't want you to have custody because they want to have access and control to your emotions. And what better way to have access and control, again, in this case, I'm just saying mother, to a mother going through something like this whose self-esteem is just crushed mm -hmm. by taking her children away because yep. she's crazy and an unfit mother. Like, oh, my God.
right? Yep. So um, it's, it's just, it's really, really, really difficult. And I, you know, there's a lot, there's actually a lot of people that specialize in, um, like they're kind of advocates that specialize in this. I highly recommend if you are going through a breakup and your significant other, ex-significant other is now getting married again very quickly, um, just make sure you find a, an attorney that is well-versed in narcissism because um, otherwise they're I mean, going to tell you to keep quiet about everything. Yep, yep. And it's just the wrong move all the wrong time. Move. For really good lawyers, great lawyers, and shitty lawyers all right. give same shitty advice. That's right. So it's... Uh, they just want their paychecks too. They just want to move it on. They just and, want to move it on. Don't bring up the yep. abuse. Don't bring it'll affect the children. Right. No, it doesn't. It affects you and the, and the right. children forever. So, That's so right. it's always better to try and fight in there and instead of like trying to, yeah, it's a, uh, man, I could, uh, there's a, there's a lot of, it's probably anecdotal, but would you say that most of the divorce rate is because a narcissist is in one? I don't know the answer to that, but what I will yeah. tell you is that the the divorces that 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 don't get resolved quickly or in like mm. mediation that progress all the way down to like that trial phase. I mean, not all of them, but the majority of them are because a narcissist is involved. Yeah, if you're in a courtroom, yeah, that's yeah. that's what. I, yeah, because yeah. because it doesn't you know unless somebody there's a real issue with custody or there's a real problem with something in the marriage like financial stuff sometimes it gets really tricky and so there are reasons why you'd make it to court but generally speaking there's there's no reason anybody would want that to happen unless mm. it's the narcissist <laughs> it gives mm -hmm. them a grand stage you know mm. yeah <laughs> yeah i didn't even think of it that way a grand stage to let me peacock feather and mm -hmm. say all my bullshit in front of a bunch of random strangers and make That's this right. look like an idiot and That's you know right. Put me on the stand. Um, um, someone keeps talking. So a lot of questions about co-parenting. Um, we'll we'll do an episode on on co-parenting with a narcissist because that's a big one. Here's a here's a here's a quick preview. It's fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking hard. So mm -hmm. you are about to put your head through a wall. You're in the right place. Don't do that. But you. <laughs> but, but don't do that. But that feeling. Yeah. What do you think is Where, the hardest thing about it? Yes. Uh, the hardest thing about it is trying to keep your composure and to not do the thing that you're supposed to, you know. That they want just you to do. Simple information, whatever. That's my biggest one. You know, mm -hmm. I, I would say I've been getting a lot better at that, like every month. The but, neutral uh, response. The neutral response or just none because it doesn't even need to. I just know it affects the people that I care about a lot of the right. time. So it's right. like it's. Apparently, you know me, Captain Kirk, here he comes. Captain Kirk needs to sit down and shut up sometimes, you know, and that's a very important lesson for yeah. someone that talks for a living. Ugh, that's even harder. So, yeah. like, you know, it, uh, that's probably the most important lesson that I can give you. If you're a co-parent yeah. right now, do not, do not engage, do not engage, do that's not right. engage. You can still co-parent and not engage. going to do it. You're going to do it. And, and just don't do it a lot. <laughs> just don't do just it a lot. And do it about the right, do it about the right things. Everything yeah. is not a hundred percent, you know, yes. uh, you know, Doctor, the same emotional speed. Ever rec re recommend this? And I don't ever recommending it to you either, but a lot of the time, uh, like 
for me to break that cycle, like it was like quitting smoking a lot of time. Yeah. And the only way that I could literally break that cycle quitting smoking was just somebody just hammering my thigh over and over again until the, it went away for like the first couple of times and then you just kind of get past that. Whatever yep. that is, you know, like find that part to just get you over the hump yes. to try and that second stage. It's, yes. If you've tried anything else, you know, friends, please, you like, don't, don't yeah. ever feel like you to somebody, but at the same time, this is something you've got to deal with. Too, and, you know. and, and, and I'll say this too, you know, you know about narcissism to go through co-parenting with somebody who doesn't understand narcissism because lawyers sure as hell aren't, they're effective in what they do. Don't get me wrong, but they're not educating mm -hmm. you on narcissism. Like that's not their job. They're not going to do that. Um, right. Sometimes therapists, they, they, they don't, and it's not their fault, but they don't pick up on the nuances. So you could be in therapy and not getting the feedback from that either. So it's, when you don't have this information or you have it and you're denying it, whatever the case may be, and you're trying to co-parent with a narcissist, imagine having none of this knowledge. It is crazy making. Oh my God. Crazy making. Yeah. Um, and you know, again, like I said, once you see what they're doing, then you can't ever go back. Do you know what I mean? You, you mm -hmm. just, you always see it and then you can kind of grow from there in terms of your boundaries. But I mean, I think the hardest thing for people without question, by the time they get to my office, they've been dragged through the mud because they didn't know anything about narcissism. They came to me because they're, they have major depression, understandably so, or they have complex PTSD. Um, but then, you know, I talked to them about kind of what's going on so that they can get ready to play a game of chess, like you said, and, and respond differently. Because once they realize what's going on, it gives them a game plan. But imagine not knowing any of this. Yeah. But I, but I will tell you where the light is, and the doctors, you just hit the nail on the head for like the billionth time in a row. Uh, if, um, if you can condition yourself where the neutral response is the game. Yes, and you correct. Your control, that's when you know you're in a better place. That's right. Like the moment you can do that, yep. not feel like you have to engage and move on and literally just kind of like leave it a tweet right. or a post and be like, I know this is going to cause some shit and I don't care. Whoop. That's right. That's right. Step in and, yeah. and the other thing, too, and I know for those of you going through this, this is the last thing on your mind. And, you know, you're going to hear me and say, like, what the hell is this woman talking about? <laughs> at I say, some, okay. <laughs> so you know. At some point, when you get help in therapy, when you regroup, when you reset, at some point, you're going to look at your narcissistic ex and see what they're doing from afar and laugh. Yes. I promise you, I, I promise you, because you're going to know you're like a healed new person. You know, mm -hmm. you've, you've come out of this. You're stronger than ever. You know, you know who you are now because you hadn't known who you were for 20 years. Like you, you, you've got it together. It's still something you're always going to deal with, but, but you're out of it. And you're yes. able to look at this and see these women that they're recycling through and the divorce and now they're engaged but the engagement broke off and he just moved in with this one but now he's moving out or he still has the apartment downtown blah, blah, blah. and you're gonna look at it and you're gonna say thank god and you're going to you're gonna laugh i know right now it may not feel like that but i promise you it at some point that will that will happen yep yeah <laughs> it happened, to, happened to me about a year ago and you just went like oh boy you know right? like and is it empowering <laughs> Yeah, it's so empowering. Very, 
very empowering. Wendy, we got you. Just keep coming back here, man. Like this, that's what I keep telling everybody. Like if you need a little cushion, that's what Sunday and Monday nights are, are here for. You know, like we don't, we don't feel like there's anybody. Hello to Enterprise Sports. Thanks for joining as always. Uh, and this is kind of like the great clash of what we and me and Dr. Z always see is just, it should be a normal conversation. It, this should be two friends talking about all of this stuff. And Wendy, like you're a part of the group just as just as much as it's a conversation between me and Dr. Z. I'm here because in this that everyone else is in in IG. Like I just we need to understand what our anxiety is doing to us. We need to understand the people in our lives that are pushing all those things. Narcissism is is always going to be a part of that world, hundred percent. And for people that I feel Dr. Z is describing it about. I'm a, t a total empath when it comes to it. I might not seem like it on the surface for some reason, but uh, I, I'm the, that same way. And I know I'm at a point in my life after like the last two years, honestly, has put those boundaries in place. And like it hasn't affected my relationships. It's affected the ones I didn't want. Yes. And putting those things in place, it, everything just works out it, it, yes. itself. It, and, and that's the honest I can tell you. Like it's that's very, how you know your boundaries worked because they supported the healthy relationships and they they dropped the unhealthy ones. It's the whole point of a boundary. Yes. So uh, Kim, because she's asking, and I'm just going to go to my calendar because I'm not looking in front of it here. Um, but uh, I feel that in two Mondays it'll be the 27th. So starting on September 27th. Which uh, that uh, we we're good there, Kim, because uh, Cowboys and Eagles play the Monday night before. <laughs> so, uh, so the twenty seventh from there on out, we will be um, uh, we will be on Monday nights eight o'clock same time. Uh, yep. If you're an Eagles fan, I, I don't know why Zuckerberg keeps doing it, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Bell and the Birdman is my Eagles podcast. We just started that now uh, about seven weeks ago. Happy to happy to bring anybody on, and just like Doctor Z was saying, if you are ever interested in creating something like this. You know, and helping out your community in any way, uh, that's what I do for a living. I think this is podcasting, being on, on Instagram Live, having these discussions is exactly what's missing right now. So uh, feel free to reach out anytime. And honestly, if you have any questions for me or Dr. Z, my DMs are always open. Dr. Z always posts a lot of great stuff. Like tonight, you know, for instance, having uh, questions on, a, on in, in, the, in the stories, right? That's where you keep them on IG. Yeah, uh, you put, mm -hmm. put questions on the story. Look out for those throughout the week. Dr. Z underscore psychologist. You can follow me anywhere uh, across to any social media at John Barchard. That's B as in boy, A-R-C-H-A-R-D. Uh, Dr. Z, I'll leave oh, you with the final. Oh, and I have Twitter one. now. I have a Twitter account oh. and a YouTube account now, so go. <laughs> that is right. I, I, I even said that. And I forget what is it. It's just a Dr. Z psychologist. Dr. On Z psychologist on Twitter. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Even even better. We appreciate you. Uh, you. And so workshop, guys. Make sure you sign up for it. Um, I think there were three spots left last time I checked. Three spots. Mm -hmm. Sign up. It's on my website or the link is in my bio on Instagram. There you go. So uh, we will see you next Sunday. Yeah, right. How much do you want to make a bet that the two Sundays after I'm still going to log in on Sunday? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where is everyone? <laughs> I'll put a solid dollar on it. How about that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so uh, leave you with the final words. Uh, yeah, again, just echoing what you said. Um, we're talking about this for a reason and 
it's important and it's important that it becomes part of everyday dialogue because especially with something like narcissistic personality disorder, it's oftentimes behind closed doors. And if we don't talk about it, people will not be aware of it. And if people aren't aware of it, they won't be able to tell the red flags when they're happening and then they get kind of sucked into it. So if you're in it, understand that you absolutely can get out of it. You will need therapy. You will need help. Um, but you absolutely can do it. I, I've seen it with my patients. Um, you know, just if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see other people's stories that they post in their comments. Um, so you're definitely not alone. And even though you may feel like the things that happen to you, you can't talk about and you're listening to this going, oh my God, wait, yes, yes. And you know, you're going through that checklist. Um, mm -hmm. That's a very common reaction. Like you just described my life. You know, I get that a lot from people. So you're not alone and you can get through this. And the more we know, uh, the more Kim and Anna can put uh, all those the more you know. On that, on that island that they can just stay over there. And, you know, the more we talk about it, the more they'll stay away. So I think that'll be, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the way to go for sure. Uh, appreciate everybody listening and watching. We'll see you next week. Until then. Have a good bye -bye. night. Bye.